Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. You're watching In Depth and we're going to be talking about the Tesla Q1 earnings call next on Now You Know. Thank you to Birch Mattress for sponsoring this episode. I've had my Birch for over a year and I'm so glad that I do. Birch makes mattresses and sleep products that are stylish, comfortable, and environmentally conscious. Their non-toxic mattresses are made in America and crafted with organic and natural materials that have been sustainably sourced. It was important for me to choose a mattress that is made of organic and natural materials. So the Birch Lux mattress is made up of eight different layers of organic cashmere, organic wool, organic cotton, and 100% natural latex. The organic materials are comfortable and durable. They also help keep me cool and regulate my body temperature, which helps me to sleep better. So in addition to being a better mattress for Jesse, Birch is also committed to being better for the planet. I love that my mattress is not releasing dangerous emissions into the air I'm breathing as I sleep. It's guaranteed free of harmful chemicals. The Birch Lux natural mattress has several third-party certifications. They're certified by the Global Organic Textile Standard, the leading textile processing standard for organic fiber across the globe. But of course, what I like most is how well I'm sleeping. I can tell a difference in how I feel. And a good night's sleep really does make such a difference in my day. Mm. Plus, the process of getting my birch was really easy. It's simple to look online instead of going to a store. And I was able to read through the descriptions and select which mattress best suited me. My mattress was shipped right to my door and it was really easy to unbox and set up. And I felt really confident about trying a birch mattress because you get free shipping and a 100-night sleep trial. That means you get the chance to try your birch product in your own home for 100 nights to decide whether it's the perfect fit for you. And Birch mattresses also have a 25-year warranty. I love my Birch mattress, and I think you would too. And if you're looking for a new bed, check out Birch today. You can click on the link below or go to birchliving.com and get 20% off your mattress plus two free pillows. If you're looking for a mattress for your little ones, also check out the new Birch Kids line. All right, well, let's jump right in on the highlights of the earnings call. There's 11.4% operating margin in Q1, and that caused quite a stir because that's a low number for Tesla, even though, think about it, Ford and other companies are barely making any money on their cars. 2.7 billion gap operating income, 2.5 gap net income, and 2.5 billion non-gap net income in Q1. Operating cash flows of 2.5 billion, free cash flows of 0.4 billion in Q1, which is kind of low for Tesla, 0.2 billion or $200 million increase in their cash and investments. All right, so Elon started with some opening remarks, as he always does, and he talked about that the current macroeconomic situation is uncertain, but basically margins have held pretty steady when you take into account the fact that Tesla lowered their prices. And he talked about the fact that they're laying the groundwork for autonomy. They're going to harvest the margin in the future as we perfect autonomy. So that's the big question here. Hmm. If you believe that Tesla can hit autonomy, everything's fine. If you think they'll never hit autonomy, then maybe you're worried. And this was like a common thread throughout the um, earnings call. And I feel like it was kind of a thing that they had talked about right before the earnings call. And so they brought it up again and again, which is that Tesla could technically sell all the cars at zero margin. So sell them at cost. And then in the future, monetize the cars by selling you some version of full self-driving. Right. Or by having a robo taxi come to your house and then you pay Tesla to have the robo taxi drive you to work or wherever you want to go. Exactly. It all kind of rides on whether you believe Elon can do it. And he said during the earnings call, he thinks that they can hit autonomy. He said jokingly again this year. Right. Now, I would want to separate that from autonomy. I, I don't think that it was a very good talking point, in my opinion. They should have just said, look, we lowered prices because we wanted to lower prices and get more people in these cars. I know that as a business, you can't say that. You can't be like, we just wanted to be nice. Um, But it's, it's kind of how I feel about it. Um, And 11 percent operating margin is pretty freaking good. Yeah. 
Elon said that the alpha version of the Cybertrucks are now being made and the delivery event will be in Q3. Later in the call, he said late Q3. So probably looking at September-ish. Dang. He said it is a Hall of Famer product, though, and that it's a radical product and it's not made the way other cars are made, obviously. They made four gigawatt hours of mega packs in Q1, which is the strongest ever. So way to go, Lathrop. Their goal is to hit 40 gigawatt hours a year, and that will be when Mega Factory Shanghai comes online. And Elon talked about the fact that mega pack will grow faster than auto, and we'll see a question about that coming up soon. Elon went on to talk about full self-driving beta and the 150 million miles uh, that they have collected using full self-driving. Yeah, and that's a data advantage that no one else has. And he talked about how the, the neural net training of that data is one of the limiting factors. And so they're continuing to buy NVIDIA GPUs and a lot of effort is going into Dojo. And they think that there'll be an order of magnitude improvement possible and that soon in the future, they'll be able to license Dojo to others, kind of like how Amazon started as a bookseller and then realized, hey, if we can sell books, we can use this platform to sell lots of other things and also web services which you'd think a bookstore wouldn't be selling web services tesla is basically saying yeah we started out as a car company and now we could sell ai computing to other companies and then zachary kirkhorn had his introductory remarks he's the cfo of tesla and he was mainly talking about how the auto gross margins drop sequentially because of a couple things mainly vehicle price drops, but also a couple other things that we're going to get into later. He did say that the storage business is, quote, starting to take shape and had its highest gross profit of storage yet, which is pretty cool. And that's energy storage. There aren't Tesla self-storage places. Well, yeah, or <laughs> that would be funny. Tesla self-storage. <laughs> So the first say questions, these are the questions that retail and institutional investors can ask was, what is the process to make auto pricing adjustments? What variables do you consider and how frequently do you review pricing? And Elon said, and as he will say many times during the call, um, that they can't tell you how they <laughs> do pricing because that's trade secret stuff. But Zachary Kirkhorn did say they review this on a weekly basis and they actively manage this with a subset of their leadership team. This is something that they have a lot of data on. And what I think is really interesting about this is that they aren't constantly adjusting the price, even though they're constantly looking at the price, right. which means that when they do make the adjustment, it's not like, um, you know, they just thought of it and they, you know, lowered the price for no reason. Yeah, there's a cool question coming up, which will give you more insight into that. Next question was, do you still believe Tesla Energy will be bigger than auto? And when will you provide more formal guidance on Megapack and overall Tesla Energy? And Elon wanted to clarify on that question. He said that, you know, Tesla Energy will be bigger than auto when it comes to total gigawatt hours deployed. He said that auto revenue may still be higher. So they might make more money selling cars per gigawatt hour. And then he said something very interesting. Mm. He said that more stationary power is needed than mobile storage. First time I had heard him use that term, I so think. So mobile storage obviously means cars. You know, it. yes, the car itself is storing the energy for itself. Um, you can connect it back to the grid and I think we just saw back. a leak. I think this is a little leak. Maybe something that they're talking about. Vehicle uh, to grid. I it Maybe. I think it shows that this has been, they've been talking about this and that term mobile storage is on the tip of his tongue. That's what I think. Tell me what you think in the comments. 
Then Zachary went on to actually answer the question, uh, which he didn't really answer. He said that they'll provide uh, guidance in the future because energy storage is still very small in relation to the auto business and it's very volatile. Yeah, he said um, a few more quarters before they'll be providing that guidance. And that makes sense because if there's if they start providing this, you know, uh, numbers to the analysts, then it's just going to be a whole thing where people are going to go, it's down 50% this quarter. Oh my gosh. And it's like, right, because they put in a massive, you know, uh, mega pack right. facility somewhere and then the next quarter they didn't and then the quarter after that it's going to go up by 100% and no one's going to bat an eye because they didn't want to report on a positive story. Exactly. Next question was, can you give current and future guidance on margin for the energy business? And then Zachary Kirkhorn said, probably in the general ballpark as automotive margins, but we're basically working toward the mid-20s. That is amazing because a lot of software companies have trouble getting those margins. And Elon said, hopefully later this year they would have those margins. I think think Zachary didn't want him to say that, but yeah. that was pretty good. I think there was a look shot across the table <laughs> and then Elon was like, oh, and that's aspirational. <laughs> Next question was, how well are the 4680 cells meeting the expectations described on battery day? How long will it be until the cells meet those goals? And Drew Baglino he had a, a cheat page sheet. full of notes. <laughs> he knew that this question was coming up and he had... Oh my gosh, I'm not, let's not get into the, all the nitty gritties. It was uh, very enlightening. If it's something that you care about, about Battery Day, I would go back and listen to that specifically. Yeah. It sounds uh, it's like a, It's exciting. I mean, the, yeah. the Corpus Christi plant where they're going to be doing lithium refining is going to be breaking ground this May. And he said a whole bunch of other good stuff about the cost of uh, goods going down 25%, a steady state they'll hit in 12 months. But yeah, go listen to that if you need his whole... It's a whole description. Battery day update. It, it was good. It. Yeah. it was good. What do you anticipate FY23 automotive gross margins, excluding credits, will be at the company's current pricing levels? And Zachary Kirkhorn came in and a very common thread during this uh, earnings call was that it, this is a very difficult thing to predict. Right. There's things we can control, like ramping up the different gigatexes and so forth. 4680 cells. Those are things we kind of control. And then there's things we can't control, like commodity pricing. He said this interesting thing, though, which is... Kind of that they're at the peak of the worst part of the commodities pricing. They really had a pinch point for the past two years, and they're still at the maximum pain point. But Q1, they've seen a little bit of improvement, and they think there's more improvement coming in Q2 as lithium prices are dropping significantly. And then the question that I think everyone has been asking, can you give updated specs and pricing for Cybertruck? Any new features that will make it into production? And Elon said, no, they're not going to tell you jack. Daniels. Right. They're going to wait till the Cybertruck handover, which will be at the end of Q3. And he said, you won't be disappointed. It's amazing. Okay. So that's what I... he's been saying the whole time. And we're just going to have to wait. Then we got the stuffy institutional investors. So a bunch of bank guys uh, get to go on and ask questions of Elon and team. First one that we're going to talk about is Canaccord. We're going to skip all the really boring ones. Uh, what was the first question? Yeah. Um, do you need to change the prices of FSD? Um, what are the take rates? And so basically Elon talked about what he does a lot, which is the value of autonomous cars is enormous. Um, the option value on an autonomous vehicle is going to be crazy. For those of you using FSD beta, it's quite dramatic, Right. But he did admit it's like sometimes they come up with a new version of FSD and there's a couple steps forward and a couple steps back, you know, and we experienced that on the latest version of FSD. And so it is hard to see it moving like steadily better because sometimes it does seem to to dip. And then he said the trend towards autonomy. He said, I hate to say this, but he thinks it'll happen this year. We'll do it this year. And it is hard because he's kind of like the boy who cried wolf. He does say that a lot. And I kind of wish he just wouldn't have said it. I wish he would 
just waited. He already had said enough. He didn't need to say, I right. think we'll do it this year. I feel like he's just leaning into the meme at this point. Maybe. So that would be my interpretation of it. But, yeah. you know, you can think of it however you want. Uh, Lars did talk about, and Lars is one of the heads of engineering. He said, there's been a softening in lithium prices. It was $85,000 a ton, and it's now dropped to $26,000 a ton. And so Elon went on to say, look, it's not the mining of lithium that's tough. It's the refining of it. And he said, please, we're begging you. Heavy industry, please, someone in the world, step up and do this. We don't really want to do it. I mean, he's he's asking for new players, yeah. uh, which is very interesting. He, he doesn't just come out and say, I think that there should be new players, but he's like, stop making picture sharing apps mm-hmm. and get into heavy industry, um, which I think is really interesting. It, it shows how easy he views it, uh, but it's something that he doesn't want to have to do himself. He said it's fun. Him and Drew were saying how fun it <laughs> yes. is. Oh, this was interesting. Deutsche Bank was asking about pricing strategy and about robo-taxis, and it sounded like they were a little confused. And Elon said, it is confusing, this terminology about robo-taxis. He said, that's what we plan for the next generation vehicle. We call that internally the robo-taxi. But he said, all hardware three, so that's what's in most of our cars, will be able to be robo-taxis. And we believe that current hardware can achieve full autonomy. It, yeah, it's confusing. You're like, so my car is a robo-taxi? Yes, technically he's saying he thinks it can be not not right now but when they turn it on when they turn it on in the future and tell me future boy and what that could mean would be that either your car is going to become a whole lot more valuable to you or it could be a whole lot more valuable to tesla and you at the same time so baird asked a question it sounded like he didn't really understand what tesla does and he's like can you rank all the things that you have going on can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things and elon was like (laughs) Did you just ask that question? So he was like, okay, well, Dojo, he said, Dojo is one of those things. It's a kind of a long shot bet. He said, if it pays off, it'll pay off in a very, very big way. He said, multi hundred billion dollar level potential outcome. He said, it's a bet worth making. And then he wanted to say that we are big believers in heat pumps and we put that on the back burner, but heat pumps for homes and for offices is something they want to do. And then, you know, he kind of just listed all the stuff that they did. He didn't rank them mostly because if he was to rank every single item that he or Tesla was working on, uh, we would have been there all night. Interesting that Elon did talk about real-time data. He said, we have the most real-time data, he thinks, of any company other than SpaceX and Starlink. Because he said, basically, unlike our competitors who make a car and then have to send it to the dealer and wait till it's sold and then they get data back weeks and weeks later, he said, we know how many cars were ordered yesterday. We have the finger on the pulse of people. There is no latency in the data. And that comes into pricing. I think that Tesla can really see everything in real time, match that data up. Because again, if you get a report about a quarter and how many sales we get this quarter, Doug? Well, I'll tell you. Let me tell you, we sold three billion. It doesn't matter, right? If you know, if you're looking at a chart and you can see every single day, mm-hmm. and you can start to map that data to all sorts of things right. about what the Fed was doing, mm-hmm. you know, what auto loans are going to be looking like really for people. Point. And you're going to go, oh, right, because uh, an auto loan is now becoming more and more and more expensive. Right. Oh, we saw today that pe- less people bought a car. Right. And so then you might say, maybe we should adjust pricing. And then they say, right. we will be thinking about this and everyone's thinking about it and looking at the data every single day. That's a really good point. Also, Zachary and Lars talked about the fact that we don't look at the car market as ICE cars versus EV cars. We just look at it as the car market. And he said, you know, stop looking at it as the BEV market. It's just a car market. Because the here's the problem, right? Tesla came onto the scene 
wiped up the competition, just knocked them off the face of the planet. And now these companies are starting to make piddling amounts of cars. And so relatively, Tesla's EV market share is going down. And so this is a big talking point. Everyone wants to talk. Their EV market share is lowering. But that's not what you should be looking at. Right. You should be looking at car market share. And we'll pull up a graph right here. This is their car market share. And you can see in all three of the markets that they're currently in, they are going, going up. up. In the United States, they're approaching 4%. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more later. Goldman Sachs wanted to know how many units are you going to sell this year and how many next year? And Elon said what he said many times during this earnings call, which was, I wish I had a crystal ball. Do you have one? Yeah. So if you have a crystal ball, send it to Elon. Or he needs it. Yeah. Or he'll buy it from you. <laughs> Sounds like he'll buy it from you or at least loan it from you. But he did say we have a shot at 2 million cars upside case this year, but we are comfortable with with the number 1.8 million this year. He did not talk about next year. Oh, this was an interesting question from Adam Jonas from Morgan Stanley. He started out by giving you know kudos to Elon for Starship and hoping there's a good launch. And then he said, X.com, could that help in any way? It was almost like he was giving him a softball or something that they pre-talked about. And Elon kind of, he paused like he shouldn't say something. And he said, you know, X.com could make it easier to buy cars. Right. Now, X.com relates to Elon's Twitter acquisition and Twitter was brought up directly. I think that's what gave Elon a lot of pause because this is a Tesla call. It's not a Twitter call. Right. Um, so, you know, he has to frame it within the Tesla framework. He can't say like, well, as CEO of Twitter, here's what I'm thinking of doing with Twitter. Right. You can't do that on a Tesla earnings call. So he has to say, you know, what can Tesla do? He said it would make it easier to buy cars. It sounded like there was so much internal struggle where he wanted to just write a book yeah. um, right on the earnings call about all the th ways that it would change everything. But he couldn't. So he <laughs> didn't. Um, but I think that that was uh, it was an interesting question. I wish that uh, Adam had phrased it maybe a little bit differently so we could have gotten a little bit more answer. But honestly, I think he did a pretty good job. But then Adam did go on to ask about back in 1913, Henry Ford introduced the moving assembly line. The price of the Model T fell 70 or 80 percent. And a lot of other car companies went bust because they couldn't keep up. And he was like, is this history repeating itself? Are you so ahead of the cost curve that you're trying to put your other competition out of business? And Elon said that they don't think about their competitors that much. <laughs> what a dig. Um, what a super dig. <laughs> Lars came in and said that, you know, they want all EVs to succeed, which is, I mean, so nice and charitable right. to say. But at the same time, they are absolutely clobbering them when it comes to pricing and when it comes to features. Yeah. And Elon said, we're making a car that if autonomy pans out, the asset will be worth more in the future. And then Drew kicked in insurance, Tesla insurance, uh, service. I mean, they're making money on all these other things that people don't talk about. Right. Um, I thought that it was actually really interesting to have Morgan Stanley ask a little bit more esoteric questions mm. in the earnings call. It was a, a nice refresher to a lot of the questions that were just like, so I want to talk about margins. I know that you already answered this question 18 times, but could you answer it again in my very dumb specific way? Which is the next few questions, yeah. which, yeah, it was we're margin questions. Skip. I loved this question from Jeffries, by the way. Which was which uh, where they were like, um, you know, you're not making enough money selling parts, which is yeah. hilarious. <laughs> yeah, almost like they were schooling Elon and like, do you know how your competitors make? Do you know make how uh, the auto industry works? You should sell the cars at a low margin and then car charge them lots of money for repairs. And Elon schooled him right back. I thought that it was it was really nice to hear. Elon just come right back uh, against this stupid argument. Yeah, he was saying that basically if you don't have electric, 
and autonomy, you can't compete against the existing car infrastructure, but mm -hmm. we have both. All right, so let's get into the financial highlights. Let's talk about the margins. That's what everyone wants to talk about. So let's just show you this chart here, which I think is super important because you should look at margins in comparison to everybody else. Mm -hmm. So the red line, that is Tesla's margins. And yes, they're taking a dip, but let's look at the gray line, which is their competition, the entire auto industry. Maybe you don't see as much of a dip, but look how far away they are. Right. Tesla beats all the competition on margins. And if you're wondering what the blue line is, that is the S&P 500. And if you're like, well, wait a minute, that's right up there with Tesla. Yeah, most of the S&P 500 aren't making cars. Those companies are a lot of software companies. The more you sell of software, the more profit you make. So <laughs> Because software doesn't cost anything to manufacture. Right. Which, again, Tesla is in a similar boat, yeah. if you think about FSD. But yeah, let's take a look at total revenues here. Because again, I think the media is going to be talking a lot about the negative stuff here. But Revenues up 24% year over year. Gross profit down. Oh, no. Oh, no. But operating expenses were down as well. If we go over to revenue, we got $23.3 billion in revenue. Net income was $2.5 billion. And I just want to stop there for a second. I just wanted to, to just take a second. $2.5 billion in net income. Yeah. In a quarter. It was a pretty good quarter. Pretty great quarter. Especially because I want to talk about they lowered prices dramatically all over the place. When you lower the prices of, of your stuff, you make less money. Yes. That's what they did. Yes. And let's talk about what was the other half of the margins dropping. So half of it was uh, Zachary Kirkhorn said was because they dropped the price. The other half, Zachary said, was two things. Warranty adjustments for older S's and X's. So let's stop there. What does that mean? So I'm not 100% sure because he just says warranty adjustments for older Model S's and X's. I'm guessing that this is if you bought the extended warranty. Maybe there's some more expensive, high-priced high items that are kind of coming due. I'm wondering this. I bought my car with full self-driving, hmm. but I will never be able to have it. I'm just wondering if there's a lot of people like me who are complaining about that now and they're having to quietly, like, shut up, here's some money. Or... Here's a lot of money off of a Comment down below and please let me know if you're in my kind of camp of having an older S or X and you've maybe paid for full self-driving. And I don't know. Tell me what's going on here because I can't figure this one out. The other half, he said, is autopilot deferrals. What is he talking about? So this one is confusing because um, if you look on Tesla's website, if you buy a Tesla right now, Enhanced Autopilot is giving you everything that they said. So if you buy the car tomorrow, it should have, you know, navigate on autopilot, auto lane change, auto park, summon, and smart summon. I think it has basically all of those things. Summon, so how, so summon again, is just the forward and back. And so the smart deferrals summons. means that they didn't give you everything they promised, so they have to put some money aside in escrow. So what I think is when he says autopilot or he AP, full he self -driving. means full self-driving. Autopilot being a more broad term FSD being... Okay, so you're saying that the people who paid the $15,000 for full self-driving, they don't have it yet. They have to put most of that money or some of that money into escrow until they can deliver. My argument here is this. I don't think that they... Well, this is complicated, so hang in there with me. Let's say, remember when full self-driving was like $5,000? Let's say that Tesla took 3000 of that and put it into escrow because they haven't delivered on all the products yet. So, yeah, once they rolled out the beta, they were able to take some of the money out of escrow. Because, right. I mean, for a while, it was like um, you didn't have anything. You pay for full self-driving and, and you get nothing. It, right. It's not even a slip of paper. You know, they turned on auto steer and, you know, braking for red lights and stuff, but it's not fully there yet. So my argument is this. As the price of full self-driving went up, they couldn't 
keep any more of your money proportionally. They keep, could only still keep that, say, $3,000. And so the rest of that money they had to put into escrow. So they've been putting large chunks into escrow. My guess is that that's kind of what he's talking about, is that as they bring in a lot of money from full self-driving, they're not av- actually able to realize it on their books. Because I know that everyone keeps saying that full self-driving beta is just getting better with every release. And I do believe that. But I think here's the problem. Getting better doesn't bring me any more value. Yeah, it's a lot like if I let my teenager drive and every day my teenager gets a little bit better at driving, I still have to drive with my teenager until they are 100% good to go. Otherwise, I can't just read a book or fall asleep. Exactly. It, it doesn't bring you any value if when I put it into full self-driving beta, I can't either really relax or do the things that you're talking about there. Exactly, if you had a chauffeur and you had to basically tell them all the things to look out for that car and do this and do that. Then it's um, not really a chauffeur. It's not really a chauffeur and it's not a chauffeur until you get to get into the backseat of the car and kind of relax. I'm not saying it has to be, you know, chauffeur 100%, you know, level five autonomy, but we're not, it it hasn't jumped up to any level beyond level two. And it's not like we're dissing it. We know it's getting better. We know it takes time, but he's, you know, Elon's going to have a problem here because as each week goes by, people who paid $15,000, they're going to be like, dude, where's my full self-driving? And this is where I think Zachary is probably butting heads with Elon, where I'll um, bet he's pushing Elon to keep the price from going up. You know, I paid, I think maybe it was four or $5,000 for full self-driving back in the day. And, you know, it was on a discount. So like, I feel like, oh, you know, whenever, whenever you happen to get it ready. Yeah, but I, if I paid 15 grand. But I will argue you have a 2018. That's true. So you've been driving around without, without it. it. Right. And I know that I have the beta and stuff like that. And so it's fun. It's more of like a fun thing. I bought, you know, oh, I right. spent all this money on this fun thing. I think I spent three grand because I had already spent two for the autopilot or something like that. I got a great deal on it. It was great. Um, But I know that a lot of people spent more money than that, and they haven't waited as long as me this whole time, but they're going to be a lot more impatient because they have all this money that they could have put in like Tesla stock or something. It really all comes – this whole earnings call comes down to that. Do you believe that Tesla will be able to turn this on or not? If you believe it, then it's going to be great. If you think they'll never do it, then yeah, you might be getting worried. And that's where the escrow comes in. I think that if – let's say that Tesla never accomplishes full self-driving. At some point, Tesla owners will unite that we will do a lawsuit. All the lawyers are going to get paid. We're going to get, you know, half of nothing. And And a lot of that money will get returned. I think that the escrow money will kind of get returned to mostly. Well, and the the other factor is this. When money was cheap or free before the Fed start raising rates, I don't think people cared so much. But now that you could be earning, you know, interest on that and stuff, I think a lot of people are like, hey, you've got my money. Yeah. So that's just something to think about. I think that that is maybe maybe they adjusted what is going into escrow. We don't know. Maybe they've realized, uh oh, we're hitting snags and roadblocks with uh, full self-driving. We should take less of the money. So that way, if people start to sue us, we'll have a bigger pool of cash. I don't know. But let's pull some numbers out of this earnings call that maybe you won't be seeing in other places. So auto revenue went up 18% year over year growth with $19.9 billion for Q1. I think that's pretty good. I think you're not going to hear that in many other places, Um, especially Things like this, this line item, energy generation and storage up 148% year over year growth to 1.5 billion. And now we're starting to talk something. I think 1.5 billion is where that part of the company is actually starting to contribute quite a bit. 
Deliveries, by the way, everyone just forgets that number, right? And let's just not even talk about that because we already heard that number. Well, let's just remind ourselves. Deliveries were up 36% year over year, 422,000 cars in the quarter. Production up 44% year over year, 440,000 cars. And leasing, this little line I think a lot of people overlooked. You spotted it. Mm -hmm. Leasing was up 84% year over year, and it's an upward trend. And the leasing might be because under the new federal tax laws, you can take advantage of commercial leasing to get that federal tax credit. And so maybe a lot of companies are doing it. Next up is Tesla locations. It's hit 1,000 locations um, and mobile service fleet is at 1,692 vehicles. Man, I wish it was higher. Mm. I think if you wanted to wrap up this quarter into three words, it would be a planting seeds quarter. This is like when you say to a farmer, I don't see anything in your fields. And they're like, yeah, I just planted my seeds. Look, it was a good quarter for Tesla. There was a great quarter. It was a great quarter. They made a whole bunch of money and they're about to come out with Cybertruck. Yeah. And I mean, just record breaking in so many different ways. Also, just look at installed annual vehicle capacity again. I know we've seen a similar chart last quarter, but like, look at how big these numbers are coming out of all their factories. Right. And you have to keep in mind that Berlin and Texas are going to reach uh, Shanghai levels at some point. Unless Shanghai just keeps beating them. Unless they just keep going. Let's look at market share data, as Jesse pointed out. So in blue is the U.S. and Canada. Red is Europe and green is China. Look at the market share going up. And one thing that I think is really important with market share, especially when we're talking about Tesla, is as we're approaching that 4% market share, and this is sales market share, basically, so 4% of the cars sold in this quarter almost were Teslas. And most of those Teslas were Model 3 and Model Y. True. Here's why I think that this is important. Let's say that you have some company like Volkswagen and let's say that they have, you know, 10% market share. Okay. That's split among all of their different models. Mm-hmm. And that's also split among all of their different sub-brands. So, mm. you know, think Audi and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So now you have, you know, Audis and Porsches and and Volkswagens and they're all different models. And, you know, the here's an SUV and here's a sedan and here's another sedan and here's another SUV. It's, it's muddy. So when you see a Volkswagen, you might recognize it as a Volkswagen, but are you really going to be like, oh, that's a Passat? No, okay. you're not going to care. When you see a Tesla, it's either going to be a Model 3 or it's going to be a Model Y. Good point. Most, you know, most of the time you're going to see that. And, and it's probably white. In extraordinary <laughs> In extraordinary numbers, we are starting to see this, and it's going to be in pockets. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that this is spread evenly across the United States, but we're approaching 4% market share. That is going to have such an impact when people start to see these cars. That's true. They're going to say, oh, I saw the exact same car mm-hmm. just the other day. Like when the Prius became very popular, mm-hmm. everyone was talking about Prius. Why? Mm-hmm. Because it looks so unique. Mm-hmm. I think that Model 3 looks nicer, but it's very unique, and that's what people start to to care about and think about. And I think that that's just one of these little things that's going to help Tesla moving forward. Now, we talked about your 2018 Model 3. Take a look at this chart. So a new 2022 Model 3 off the production line is 30% cheaper than it was to make my Model 3. Yeah. Oh, and this little tidbit. So the margin that Tesla makes on services and other gross margin, so that's basically service, is at an all-time high of over 7%. Now, I know you don't like to hear that because if you went and got your Tesla service, you don't want to think they're making a profit on you. But the fact that they can make money on your service is better than a company not making money on service. Because I just want to point out, 
all car companies make a lot of profit whenever right. you bring in your car. Right. I mean, Elon has said many times he doesn't want it to be a huge profit center, but at least it's not hemorrhaging money. Um, Cash, I just want to keep pointing out that, uh, you know, they only added $200 million from the previous quarter to their asset line item, but $22.4 billion in assets. A lot of other companies out there, auto companies, don't have a lot of assets. They have a lot of debt. Not any debt for Tesla, which is amazing. Because when things start to get really hard, Debt starts to become a big issue and Tesla doesn't have much debt to speak of and they have a whole bunch of cash and assets. And remember this, that as Tesla started to do their major price drops, the media was kind of waiting for what the other companies were going to do. And guess what they did? Ford raised prices on the Lightning. Rivian raised prices on the R1T, etc., etc. The other companies were like, let's do a price drop like Tesla. Oh, like, we can't? <laughs> we're already losing money on every EV that we possibly can sell. So right, a lot of these companies can't compete with Tesla at all. And I think it was very interesting to hear what uh, Adam Jonas had to say about history repeating itself yes. with Ford. Back in the early 1900s, they were able to revolutionize how you made a car. And it just sounds so familiar. And they drove all their competition out of business. Funny. Fun. How history repeats itself. Yes. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the earnings call as much as we did. Leave your comments down below and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. That's what keeps us going. We'll see you on Tesla Time News on Tuesday. Now you know.